welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello everybody at home and welcome to Second Contact, a Lower Decks commentary podcast. I am your co-host Tristan Riddell and with me as always is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 6, The Spy Humongous. I love this episode title. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was a little taken aback. I'm like, is it really humongous? Like, is it a... <laughs> like, you know, it's not normally a word that you hear in reference to Star Trek. And certainly not in an episode title. But it makes perfect sense once you get into this episode and you figure out what's going on. Also, I have to mention, it's... It sounds like an Austin Powers kind of spinoff, though, right? The spy humongous, kind of like the spy. The spy who loved me, me. yeah. The spy, the who spy humongous. <laughs> and then insert tons of 007 jokes. This um this episode, we talked a little bit off camera and or off mic, and um you have like you're kind of middle of the road on this one and. I've been mm-hmm. middle of the road of the past couple of episodes, kind of like, eh, you know, they're fine. They're not bad. They're just okay. This one, I was actually, I was grinning the almost the entire time. Like I was. Interesting. Like, I, I I wasn't like laugh out loud, like, oh my God, ah, no, no knee slappers, but I was grinning the entire time. Okay. Yeah. I think after one viewing, uh, keep that in mind. I wasn't laughing out loud very much in this episode and I noticed it, which is not typical of my lower decks experience which made me think hmm you know how do i feel about this one that's why it's a little mixed because there's things that i really appreciate about this episode that we'll get into and then there's other things where i wonder hmm could it have gone another way and made it even better but with that said why don't we just dive in and then we can actually talk about it while let's we're doing right the commentary yeah let's do it so what we do is uh, queue it up uh, best you can, however you're watching it, and we're queuing it up right after the rating. So after you see TV 14, and when we tell you, like you pause it, and then we tell you to hit play, you hit play. So everybody ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. And off we go. So pack lids right away. We see some warbirds cobbled together yes and i see some klingon technology mixed in <laughs> you notice that too huh so yeah, the Paclid Paclid. homeworld's planet is called Paclid planet <laughs> <laughs> of course it is <laughs> i i love i was wondering you know like what how <laughs> basically you, you can't be called like Paclid one or Paclid prime or some no. name like quonos you know or anything like that you can't overthink it <laughs> that's right. that's the first and foremost rule of Paclid culture, life, methodology, all of it. I think it would have been funnier if they just called it planet. Like the name of their just planet, planet is just planet. <laughs> you know, I think you're right. That would have been even funnier. Just the planet. And so right off the bat, we get a, uh, a Voyager mention where he keeps right. calling her Captain Janeway. Right. Freeman is mistaken for Captain Janeway. <laughs> And we're going to get a lot of name dropping in this episode. A lot of our heroes are put up on a pedestal here. Yep, yep. Now, I wonder, is Janeway just one of those names where 
they heard it and they know vaguely that she's a famous Starfleet person. And so then it's sort of like how every ship is an enterprise. Every captain is a Janeway. I think, yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's probably, I think every female captain is a Janeway. I think let's add some sexism to it. Like the female captains are Janeway. Males are probably Picard's. Yeah. If I'm recalling. Yeah. (laughs) Again, don't overthink it too much. (laughs) Just like them. Right. <laughs> you can't. Why, why waste your time and energy? Just don't. <laughs> every time I see that black hole, I think about Interstellar. Just every every ah. single time. Yeah. Good call. Now I'm going to be thinking about that every time. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's not a bad thing, though. It's a good movie. It's enjoyable. So with with this episode, like I said, like it wasn't really laugh out loud funny. Yeah. And... To me, that's not, I don't always laugh out loud when I'm by myself because you definitely have that, uh, that sensibility when you're another person. It, like That's why people in, enjoy going to the theater, mm-hmm. uh, the theaters to watch a movie is because you have that communal experience and you, you enjoy yourselves a little bit more in certain scenarios. I know I'm that way with, with horror films. And so watching it by myself, I don't always laugh out loud. So it's, it's kind of rare for me to laugh out loud with Lower Decks by myself, but it has huh. Okay. I'm the total opposite. <laughs> I have no shame. I will laugh if it's funny. I'm a little disappointed in their breakfast choices, by the way. Just looks like, well, it's not quite rice because it's breakfast. I don't think they're eating rice for breakfast. You can have rice breakfast. for breakfast. Sure. I, guess you can. But, but I eat rice yeah, for it, breakfast all the time. It looks like just porridge. And this is a Cerritos. Nah, like put churros in it or something. Come on, guys. Live, I, live it that's up. That's true. Like, why isn't it like huevos or rancheros or something like that? Yeah. Or we talked earlier about pupusas. I looked up, mm-hmm. I looked that up, by the way. I was completely wrong. They are not a Mexican dish. They are El Salvadorian. And you can get them everywhere here. And they're like little pancakes. So when this happened, like when, when Boimler fell down and Tindy's laughing at him and everything like that, there was a music cue. Like uh-huh. there was like a sound effect that was going on. And so I thought it meant something more than it was. I thought something uh. tripped Boimler up. Be- oh. But if it wasn't for the sound effect and the music, I wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> no, so that, you know what strange. though? That's a very animation kind of thing to do though, right? Well, it wasn't like a, you know, it was like a, it no. was an ominous kind of thing. Sure. Sure. I get what you're saying though. Now, <laughs> I love how they say that red shirts makes them feel like they're invincible. <laughs> Great in joke. <laughs> this is very, that is a very, very meta joke. Not only is it meta w- like within the, the franchise, it's within the fans, which is nice. Yes. Yes. I love how they just want to hear about Riker. Like that's it. That's how they can get into his club <laughs> is, is that like they just want to hear stories about Riker. And you know what? I, if I knew somebody who knew Riker, that would be how you could get into my club. I was like, you can get in my club as long as you tell me as many stories as you can about Riker. Right. Tell me all your Riker stories. You don't have to do anything else. And of course, as we learn, they are just, they totally idolize folks like Riker, Picard, what would have you, much in the way that the fans do. Yeah. I like that they had Mariner not get pissed off that Boimler left, but pissed off that it wasn't her idea. <laughs> <laughs> Is this character growth for Mariner? 
So I like that they now that Shax is back, that they're not just dismissing um Keishan. The uh, the uh, Keishan, thank you. Yes, me too. I was really hoping we would see this character again because he's got so much potential. There's no way they could have just made him a one-off. And so it's really nice to see them both in this episode now. I <laughs> I think Keishan probably gave my favorite line of the episode. Uh, Which is? was w- when he pulls him aside. I can't remember the the proper noun that he uses, but he's just like he's like you getting so and so pulled the veil from this guy. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that is a good like one. vibes from this like pull the veil vibes from this guy. Yeah, something like that. I yeah. lost it. That I love that how they're integrating, um, his culture into a speech. Yes, more and more that they're not just forgetting that or like relying on the translator too much. And it's not just the same stuff we've already heard before. He's got his own stuff, and it's going to become his own quips. Right. Although we do hear later on that he uses the word shaka as a surprise word. <laughs> shaka. You know what? I'm not mad at that one bit. That is fantastic. No. That's like the perfect way to balance it. That needs to be. That needs to be something. So this this was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So you know how in previous episodes you've talked about how with the animation, how it exaggerates just a little too much, and you're not always a big fan of that. Yeah. I think that's where I have a problem in this episode, where it goes bonkers beyond belief, beyond any kind of logic. By the way, more merchandising opportunities here. He's got USS Cerritos gear. Yo, we need to get on this. But anyway, I think it's just a little too much in this episode where they're giving the animators an absolute showcase to show off what they can do. It's so many creative, how can we make this weird kind of things? So I can appreciate it for that. But in terms of actual storytelling, they let so many of these containers break and whatnot that I'm just thinking, um, guys, (laughs) shouldn't you have biohazard suits on or something? This is not the way it's supposed to go. I get it. I get it. If they did it right, we wouldn't have a story. I understand. Right, right. Nevertheless, but, they're putting their faces in it. They're, they're <laughs> not handling this stuff very well at all. It's really funny that you bring that up because as I was watching this and uh, Rutherford got like super big and bloated, I was telling myself like, okay, just remember what Char says. Yeah. It's, like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> and now like, here just, I am. And so like, you know seriously, what? like I try to... <laughs> I try to use your voice to calm myself down and enjoy the episode. And now you're throwing it back in my face. Well, you just can't win with me. (laughs) Her mushesty. I never noticed that before. It's mushesty, not majesty. Yes. This is why we have the closed captions on. No. Rumdar. That's, that's That's such a good Packlid name. It really is. So with Ransom, I never hear Jerry O'Connell. No? It's so weird. Like, Jerry O'Connell sounds so different in my head and from other movies. Mm. And, like, for the longest time, I didn't actually think it was Jerry O'Connell. Oh, really? I thought it was like, no, this has to be some sort of mistake. (laughs) You know, to be honest, I don't think too much about the fact that there that there are these actors voicing their characters as oh that's Tawny Newsom no no it's Mariner mm. it's it's Boimler and what have you like I'm not thinking Jack Quaid when I see Boimler 
So sometimes Tindy sneaks out a little bit, like Tindy's voice actress sneaks out a little bit to me because uh, I first saw her in um, the Master. Is that what it's called? Not the Master. Mm, um, I don't Masters know. of None. Masters of None. Like on on Netflix, she's okay. Uh, she's a love interest to the to the protagonist for about like five episodes. Gotcha. So, at so this point, I actually really enjoyed these scenes. Oh, you like this um, whole like the makeover? I did. And I love the I chest. Did. I re- <laughs> so did they just put padding in his outfit? Like that has to be what it is, uh, right? Yeah, because it goes away like that. He's trying to. It's basically like Boimler if he were cosplaying as Ransom. Yeah, <laughs> I I friggin' love his hair this way. You like the haircut? I do too. But do. nothing was wrong with the original either. I do love how he tries to defend himself. He's like, "What's wrong with my hair? I'm a cutie." <laughs> He is a cutie. Once again, things are just yeah, breaking this, everywhere. The Star Trek fan in me is just like, you can't just pick up nanobots with your hands. No, like seriously. But Mariner's hand turns blue a little later. Or is that there it is? There it is. Okay. <laughs> yep, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously there's consequences. This, you know what this could have been is just like if Star Trek met Jackass. You know, <laughs> hi, I'm Beckett Mariner, and this is the the blue hand trick. This this scene bothered me, uh, where I thought Beckett went went down on um came down on uh um Tendi way too hard. You think so? I felt like I I really do. Like I understand her being annoyed, but it felt way too in your face, felt way too mean, and hmm. like I understand her getting frustrated, but I think they amped it up too much. Hmm. I could maybe get on board with that. This is an episode I think that's going to, with further viewing, change a lot for me. Where I think certain things about it are going to grow heavily on me and other stuff, maybe the things that concern me now are going to go down. This scene is probably my favorite scene in the in the episode. Is it because you see the Enterprise D bridge? Well, it, I mean, not just that. Like, it's not just for nostalgic <laughs> reasons, but I, I, I do like it. But when he just the, the, they're poking fun at the whole captains don't really do anything. They're just they're just there to give speeches. Like, it's <laughs> it's funny, and and the fact that he does give a really nice speech, and then we as the audience are enveloped in the world of his imagination and his inspiration. And uh-huh. I like the I like the editing. I like that the lights go out; they disappear. Very theatrical. Yeah, I, it's very theatrical. I love it. A little lens flare there. <laughs> <laughs> lens flare. You got to have lens flare now. It's just a given. At this point in the episode, I wasn't really sure where this whole thing, like this storyline was going. So when Boyms is standing up and actually giving a good speech, I thought, what is the message they're trying to give here? So when they twist it and we get to the mm-hmm. heart of this story, I am so thrilled as, as to where it was going. But first time around watching it, I just thought, um, what are you really trying to say? <laughs> yeah, I was. And it turns out they I was intrigued with that too. They stuck the landing on that one. I really they appreciated did. that. Yeah. Because it wasn't completely obvious. Like, how do I phrase this? It wasn't just like, oh, these people are bad and Boimler's good. It wasn't just that clean cut. There was. Sure. It was like, no, it's good to, you know, try to try to advance. It's okay to, you know, focus on your career, but not at the sacrifice of your actual duties right participating in the ship yes and helping out your fellow crewmates yeah the the morals messages and meanings in this one is really strong 
So that is what I really appreciate about this episode, generally speaking, is we get some really good stuff in that area here. Now, this is a callback to the very first episode, isn't it? Where Boimler got eaten. Well, he kind of got eaten by a little monster. And, yeah. you know, that's why there's the Boimler scream. That orifice was way too detailed. In <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be Lower Decks without some sort of, you know, poop, a butthole, some barf. This... This was encroaching on Rick and Morty territory with that kind of detail. <laughs> mm, yeah, who know. hasn't been pooped out of an alien creature? Well, right? This is perfectly normal, at least on this ship. These packlids are huge. They are huge. Like in TNG, weren't they minute? Like they were they were shorter mm, than Geordi. Well, weren't they? They were kind of stocky, if I recall, but maybe a little short. They were stocky, but shorter, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Are these like the elite packlids where the bigger you are, the stronger you are, and therefore the more power you have? Maybe. Whereas those other guys, they were just average packlids. That's my theory. I'm I'm surprised that they stopped at Emperor. Like I thought they were gonna go one more time. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yes, yeah, same here. Like, I was expecting them to keep one upping each other. Yeah. And we have a we have a microcosm of society here where yes. within revolution <laughs> to free yourself <laughs> from a monarchy you end up becoming the monarchy yes i love that moment where he realizes oh i could put the helmet on my head and then does so <laughs> <laughs> like it had never occurred to him that that was the whole idea that you could do that <laughs> sitting in a centered chair all day <laughs> <laughs> So I do I do like that there was so even within incense there's some sort of stratification of lower decks. There's that, a little bit of hierarchy going on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's not just the rank but also the position and like these people who are in the command line incense see themselves as better than the people who work on the lower decks. Yes. That's what's coming out right now is we're kind of really getting to the heart of who, who, like what this group is really about and what they aspire to be and how they're kind of going about it in the wrong way. <laughs> like it's really good to take inspiration from your heroes like a Riker or a Picard or a Janeway or what have you. Mm -hmm. uh, but later on, Boimler is going to demonstrate what real leadership is and how you become a Riker. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that uh, when we get to it. And this, this is like <laughs> too much happened with these people. Like you got to pick one. <laughs> right. Way too many transformations going on here. Although I do like Tendi as this crazy out of control scorpion. They could have just left it here. Right. And like other, like other crazy things could have happened where like she didn't need to get pooped out of something. Like she didn't need to. <laughs> that really bothered you, didn't it? Well, no, no, it didn't bother me. It, uh, I'm just saying that like Rutherford didn't need to grow up, you know, 10 times the size. Oh, right. It right, just, right, right. it just feels like there's no build. There's no, it's, it's like a hat on a hat. Yeah. Well, that's kind of where I feel like this story falls a little short where. They're trying to manufacture the tension between Tendi and Mariner so that Boimler can come yeah. in and sweep the day. Like, I understand what they're doing, but 
The execution of it, I don't know. I need to reevaluate. I need to watch this episode more. I, I, I thought the, the competing captain speeches were, <laughs> was a nice touch. <laughs> like, what if yeah. you had people who were just talking instead of actually acting? And that's the whole uh, point right. of what Boimler's Which- doing. You could say that is what they think a real captain is supposed to do. Is there, if, if as long as you can give an inspirational speech, then you tell other the other people to go off and do the actual work. And Boims is the doer. With this, like at first with the beans, I was really confused because I yeah. was like, "Wait, does he want her to eat the beans? Like, is that <laughs> why beans? That's what I wasn't sure about. But I have a feeling it's some weird in joke or something." But then once we, once we got to the birthday cake, that's when I was just like, oh, okay, this is what he's doing. Yes. Yes. He knows what to do here. It's going to work. I love how he's got candles on the top of his head. That's a great it's, visual. That are still lit. Yes. I was halfway expecting Boims to be on fire. And Tendy Cleavage. <laughs> yes. Well, she's been through a lot. She had to stretch that uniform quite a bit. It's kind of like the Hulk, where the Hulk still has his his pants on. After right. He... <laughs> like, those are some strong purple pants. Indeed. Indeed. Now, the whole spy plot here. Shaka! With... <laughs> yeah, there it is. There's the Shaka. How do packleds survive in the vacuum of space? I do wonder this. Yeah, that's... That's intense. Uh, yeah. I mean, as far as I know, they don't have some mechanism that would allow them to survive that. Like, no living creature really can, right? Unless you're like well, really I mean, teeny bacteria, maybe. Like, well, we've no, we well, we've seen Tin Man, who can survive in space. Oh, we've seen yeah. eight, species eight four seven two who can survive in space. But um, that, you know what? So the we've difference, seen like there's no he, the packlet doesn't have like any sort of like armor or anything like. Well, no, no, I'm I'm not. No, no, no. Like, I'm not. I'm not completely disagreeing with you. I'm disagreeing with the line of nothing can survive in space except bacteria. But the packlets are not species eight four seven two. So that felt, yeah, that felt a little off to me. Yeah, these are carbon based life forms. Right. You know, clearly limitations from some sort of primate. Yeah. I love how he's so proud of himself, though. I didn't give up any information about what we're doing. Which opens the door for Freeman. I have a feeling they're building for a continuation of this storyline. Like, we do learn that they've got some plan to put a bomb on Earth. Well, it's not so much the, uh, the intent. It's much more in how it's going to go wrong on this show, if they try. Right. That... That makes me think of um, somebody asked, someone looked at the timeline of Lower Decks uh-huh. and they said, they're like, oh, wait, Lower Decks is going to take place during the Mars massacre. Oh, are we going to address that? And somebody asked McMahon, like, like, are you going to address that? Or like, um, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was kind of like, yeah, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we didn't know <laughs> that was going to be taking place. It was, it was something akin to like, yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> it was kind of like we'll cross that bridge when we come to it oh how funny I would be oh, fine if they ignored it I just noticed that Billups took back his little uh, thing that they collected his item 
in oh, the background. Yeah? yeah, he did. That was a I great touch. That. I just noticed that this time around, not the first time. Now, at the end of the day, I I just love Boims more and more after this episode because he is Captain Material if he wants to be. He's going to grow like crazy. Yeah. Now, these guys, I, the Red yeah. Shirt Club, I don't know. I think they got some things to think about and they're reconsidering, which is good to see because we need growth. Yes. I'm glad that it wasn't that it wasn't all four of them dismissive of Boimler. I'm glad that it was just that one guy to show to kind of like bring home the point. I, I, I'm glad that it was. Yeah. Some people are like, yeah, you know, maybe Boimler's right because a good leader can convince you of going in the of that you're going in the wrong direction. Right. We also did not acknowledge that there's a great callback to the animated series among the red shirts. No, I missed that. Oh, yeah. The kind of not quite the cat bear <laughs> creature. I forget what its name is. I'm so sorry, guys. But the Kaitan? And I don't know if that's what it is for sure. Don't remember because it's been a long time since I've seen the animated series, but no doubt that is a callback. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about TAS. I haven't watched it since I was a child. <laughs> he got his five seconds of glory right there. He sure did. And then got yelled at by Shax, <laughs> which is always a fantastic so, thing. How did you feel about this scene about Armis? Oh, this is my favorite part the of the, of the episode. Now, okay. this is what made me laugh out loud that they prank call Armus. So the, I have a, I'm of mixed emotions. Like I laughed, I laughed hard on this one. Like especially with their delivery because they treat it like a prank call. Uh-huh. Like at, like when we cut to the planet and then we're like, shut up, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, so sad I, and lonely. It's like he's like shut up, shut up. Other people are laughing. Yeah, um, it's so part perfect. of me was like, I don't know, like I you know Armus was. I still haven't gotten over Tosh's death. I think that's the mm. reason why I'm kind of a mixed emotions with this. Yeah. Because he, he is a big bad. He is scary. He killed a beloved character. Yes. And he now is a skin kind of, of evil. Fun at him. Yeah. He said the episode name. But it, but it was funny. Like, but like yeah. that's the thing. Like I, like I said, I was like, it's a mixed emotions. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I found that to be the funnest part of this whole episode as far as Lower Decks being Lower Decks. Like, to me, that was just nailing what this show does. Because you got the I'm callback. I'm surprised we didn't get got a fun. Tasha reference in there. Maybe we should have. Would that have smoothed yeah. it over or made it worse for you? Or, I don't know. I don't know. Like, maybe that would have made it worse. Where they're like, this one's for Yar. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why they didn't go there because they weren't sure how that would come across and so hey i don't blame them and that's the episode right yeah there's the episode and thank you everybody for listening and please let us know how you feel about this episode was it too much was it not enough did you laugh out loud was it just middle of the road or did you not like it at all go to the (laughs) nerdparty.com slash contact select second contact from the menu fill out the form it'll send us an email you can also talk to us on social media you can find our show accounts on Facebook and Instagram uh, at the Nerd Party, and you can find us on Twitter at Join Nerd Party. You can find me personally on Twitter at the Insane Robin, and you can talk to me at O oh, the Profanity. We'll tune in next week as we talk about Episode Seven, and until then, live on. Join the revolution. Join the Nerd Party.